for 30 this week, we are going to preview the Maryland-Illinois game. The Terrapins come to town to take on the Fighting Illini. Uh, Illinois uh, comes in 1-2. and two. Uh, Maryland comes in 2-0. and oh. uh, Illinois was feeling really good about two weeks ago after they beat Nebraska, and then uh, reality has set in as they lost to Texas-San Antonio and then uh, were rolled at Virginia. Maryland, on the other hand, has gotten off to a good start with a big win at home over West Virginia, 30-24, to 24, and then a uh, um, uh, win over Howard, which maybe isn't a surprise. That's a game they probably should win. They won 62 to nothing. So joining us today from Terrapin Nation is uh, part of the Rivals.com network is Scott Green, who is the an expert on Illinois, or I'm sorry, Maryland athletics, and he's got some great insight into Terrapins. He's got to tell us about this. Um, the uh, I don't know. I guess maybe it's the the Illinois former Illini coaching staff at Maryland and, and their their squad they have there. Yeah, I mean, as you said, you know, you got Mike Loxley leading the way now for the Terps, and <clears throat> he actually brought on Ron Zook as kind of a you know off field advisor a uh, year or two ago, and this year he's actually stepped into a on field role. He's the um, one of the linebackers coaches as well as the special teams coach. So yeah, obviously got a big Illinois flavor there. Yeah, of course we, we knew locks uh, locks when he was at Illinois brought in so many great players to Illinois uh, over his time period. And uh, you know, from Aurelius Ben to uh, you know, and, and those guys, I mean, some really impact guys. And of course, Zook was a great recruiter. So they got some really good recruiting uh, mojo there at Maryland and so far it's paid off and uh, talk a little bit about this team and where, where you see them so far. Yeah, I mean, when you look at this team, it pretty much starts with, you know, uh, Talia Tagovailoa, you know, young, uh, younger brother of Tua. And, uh, I mean, he's been phenomenal so far, you know, threw for over 300 yards in the first game, 272 in limited work uh, against Howard, um, three touchdowns in both games. And, you know, when you really look at it, um, you know, he's got a great live arm, um, has the ability to make plays uh, with his feet, uh, extend plays. Um, but, you know, with that said, um, you know, he, he's made some mistakes, you know, he's taken a sack or two. He probably shouldn't have, um, he's probably missed a couple reads. So as well as he's played, uh, he can probably still play better, but obviously it starts with him. Um, then, you know, you look at the guys he's thrown to, you've got a former five-star there and Rakim Jarrett. Um, you know, you've got a guy in Dante Dimas who's looking more and more like a, maybe, maybe possibly a first day NFL pick. Um, he's got the size, he's a good route runner, um, good hands, and he's really a threat deep. Um, and then you look at the defensive side of the ball, you know, since Loxley's been here, they've made a huge leap as far as talent goes. And, you know, the one guy I kind of look at, uh, they brought in Brandon Jennings, a Rivals 100 guy from Florida. Um, he was kind of forced into action when they lost Gote in the opener against West Virginia. He's one of their middle linebackers. And, you look at this kid and, you know, he's 18, 19 years old. He's the most physically imposing guy on this defense um, and looks like a future star. So, yeah, when you look at the defensive side of the ball, he's really ramped up the uh, the talent there as well. Yeah, I think for me, that's been, you know, when they added uh, Tiger Valoa, uh, I, I figured they were going to be a little bit better uh, offensively. And they've got some guys on the outside. You knew they were going to have some make some big plays, but their defense has been really good against West Virginia. Only West Virginia, I think ran for 48 yards in that game or something crazy. So is that, has that been a little bit of a surprise how good the defense has been so far? I mean, as a guy who follows the recruiting and, you know, follows them in the off season, things like that, it hasn't been that surprising to me. Um, just because, like I said, when you watch this team, 
you just look at the difference in size in the defensive line and the linebackers just from a couple seasons ago. And I mean, it's apparent. I mean, they're huge compared to what they were working with before. Um, so I'm not that surprised by it. Um, but on top of that, you know, they brought in Brian Stewart, um, who was previously Maryland's offense coordinator under Edsel, uh, comes back under Loxley. And he's a guy who runs a three, four scheme, but unlike, you know, the, his, the guy who was here before him, he actually likes to blitz quite a bit. Um, so I think you've seen a more, a more aggressive blitzing defense. And I think that's helped as well. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's one of those things. I've always been a big fan in college football of attacking, whether you're on offense or defense, is, is being kind of in attack mode. And of course, I, you know, I, I give Illinois a little bit of a break because they've been without their quarterback um, essentially the last couple of weeks. And so, you know, Art Sitkowski has, you know, he's performed okay, but I mean, it's still, it, it, there's a reason that Brandon Peters was your starter heading into the season. So, Illinois gets him back this week, hoping to make it a little bit, uh, a little bit more explosive offensively. Maybe make some plays down the field because I think they're going to have to against Maryland. Um, so as far as Maryland, you know, you talk about the recruiting. What has been kind of the impact that Loxley has made there with his recruiting prowess? I mean, you talk about the play. Is there a specific area that he's recruited well? I know that when he was in Illinois, he recruited that DC area and recruited that Maryland area. Has he has he expanded and done a lot of nationally, or what's been the the secret? Yeah, I mean, obviously, D.C. is and the DMV in general, you know, Maryland, Virginia, that's still his bread and butter. You know, like I said, you mentioned a guy like Rakem Jarrett, you know, he's D.C. born and bred. Um, Dante Demas, again, D.C. born and bred. Um, so, you know, a lot of these guys are from Maryland, D.C. Um, but on top of that, he's done a really good job of, you know, really getting into Florida, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball. You look at some of these young guys that are playing. You've got guys from Tampa, uh, Miami. Um, so, you know, he's really hit Florida hard and, you know, that makes sense. You know, a ton of talent in that area. Um, and the other thing he's been able to do too is, you know, in some spaces where he hasn't been able to get the high school kids that he might want, um, he's done a really good job of just filling in holes with JUCOs. Um, you know, you look at their starting offensive line, you got a guy like Jahari Branch who's starting at one of the guard spots. Um, he's actually from Chicago. Um, he's been terrific, you know, last year and so far this season. Um, you look at a guy like Eric Harris, who they brought in from Juco to start at center um, on the defensive side of the ball. You know, you look at some of their linebackers and, um, you know, one of their starting corners um, all come from the Juco route. They come from Hutchinson, won the national title. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously the bread and butter is D.C., Maryland, um, but he's done a great job of getting into Florida, which I think is huge. And then filling, you know, filling those gaps where he wasn't able to get the guys he might have wanted. Um, with Joko, with Jukos, he can plug in and, you know, really play right away. So as we kind of look at uh, Maryland going into this, this is their first time on the road. I think that's the one thing Illinois is maybe hoping can be their, uh, their, uh, their helpful side of this, their advantage. Maybe his first time Maryland's been away from home. Um, Illinois had to go on the road and they saw how tough it can be when they went to Virginia last weekend. So uh, do you think that'll have any impact on, on Maryland here? Or is there, I mean, and I guess last year we look at, a lot of these guys last year didn't really play on the road because it wasn't a true road game because right. nobody was there. So do you think that could have any impact maybe on this Terrapins team? I mean, I want to be honest. I'm not sure playing on the road's going to have a huge effect. Um, you know, in this particular game with that said, I think the one thing that could have an effect is it's such a late being such a late start. I mean, I know it's eight o'clock central time, but I mean, it's basically a 9 PM start Eastern time for a team that's, you know, used to playing at noon and three o'clock and rarely, rarely plays at night. So 
I kind of feel like being that late of a start could, you know, have an effect on them, but I don't think playing on the road will have too much of an effect. You know, they're, you know, they plug in the crowd noise during the week and do all those things. And I feel like, you know, Tungavailoa as a guy is not going to get too rattled being playing on the road, but I do feel like just that nine o'clock Eastern start time is, could definitely have an effect. Yeah. Illinois went last weekend to Virginia. I don't know if you saw that time, but they actually had a 10 a.m. Central start time on a Saturday. So it was 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. So that was a weird start time as well. So it didn't bode well for them. So I, <laughs> Illinois is maybe hoping it'll have an effect on Maryland. So looking at the line here, it looks like Maryland's about a touchdown favorite. Um, and I, I think that's probably a pretty good line. I mean, I think I could see, you know, arguments either way. What are your thoughts on how this is going to play out? Uh, <laughs> I hate to say it. I actually love Maryland, even with those points. I think, you know, just, just using my eyeball test from what I've seen from Illinois, you know, I've, I've pretty much watched most of their games at this point. Um, you know, I, I just thought the opener against Nebraska was just ugly, ugly, ugly all around. Um, they did not look good last week against UVA. Um, I just, and I feel like they, you know, they haven't really looked great in any of the three games. Uh, I feel like Maryland's probably going to be able to throw the ball pretty well offensively. And I feel like they'll probably be able to, you know, create some pressure and maybe get some takeaways defensively, you know, with their secondary. Um, so like you said, I feel like with the start time and the fact that it's on the road, I think that, you know, they'll probably be, you know, coming to this game and it'll probably be close early on. Uh, but I feel like, you know, eventually Maryland's probably going to pull away. I just feel like they have, you know, too much talent, um, you know, they're playing too well. And I just feel like they don't, Illinois just doesn't match up well with them. I don't feel like, so I think this is probably gonna be a game where Maryland wins maybe 45 to like 27 or something like that. Yeah. I I don't think that that, that's possible. I I, kind of like it. Um, I I've got uh, Maryland winning this uh, by uh, I've got like 38, 27, somewhere around there. I I feel like they're going to be able to throw the ball against Illinois. Um, Illinois has struggled with pass defense. And so that's my big concern is them throwing the ball. But what we've seen is in, in the games that Illinois played, you know, UTSA and Nebraska team that makes mistakes tends to lose, you know I mean? A, a team that makes those key mistakes and it was Illinois against UTSA. It was Nebraska against Illinois. So I kind of look at it like, you know, you, you just never know when you get in this big 10 play. So we get past this game. What's Maryland's expectations for this year? I was looking at their schedule and, you know, they've got some tough games. They get Kent state, which is a game they probably should win, but then they, then it gets tough, you know, with Iowa, Ohio state, and they got a pretty, pretty uh, tough schedule, but I feel like they've got a, they they should have a solid record at the end of this year. Well, I will say before I get into that, I will add that the one thing that they were awful at last year was you know being on the plus side takeaways and penalties they were they were i think third from last in the nation in penalties last year but they've cut down the penalties and they've been plus in both games and takeaways so i think that's had a huge effect this year um looking beyond this game uh like you said i mean they should beat kent state um but you know then you know like you said it gets tough man i mean you're looking at iowa on a friday night um you know i would a top five team right now. They're probably going to enter that game as a top five, top 10 team. Uh, but, you know, then you got, Penn, you know, every year you got Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, you know, Michigan State, I think, shocked a lot of people with what they've done. Yeah, they so did. Um, so, you know, even some of the games that looked like they might have been easier early on now don't look so easy at all. 
Um, but with that said, if if they can get by Illinois on the road, if they can beat Kent State, you know, if they can be four and zero heading into these, you know, this tough part of this really tough part of the schedule, you know, I, the key I think for Maryland at this point is just get to six wins, make a bowl game in year three, and I think if they can do that, the way Loxley is able to recruit, I think they can really get things rolling. Yeah, and they've done a really good job, you know, getting a kid like. Uh, the quarterback like that in the transfer portal is really a huge, huge uh, addition. I mean, Illinois is really hoping they can get someone like that next year too. So <laughs> I, I think that's a, that's one of those things that I, I'm a big quarterbacks win and lose games so much in college football in the NFL too, but man, quarterback's such an important position. So, well, Hey Scott, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for joining us here on sturdy for 30. We've got you on record with your prediction. So um, are you, are you planning on being uh, in champagne Friday night or are you no, going to make I, that trip? Not, not making this trip. Yeah. Unfortunately with the nine o'clock start time, just not doing this one. Yeah, I said, I said, if they start with the eight o'clock central start time game gets over, you know, at college football, it'll get over somewhere 1130, probably maybe midnight. Sometimes yeah. you got the post game pressers, you get all this stuff done. The next thing you know, it's going to be 2 a.m. before you know what hits you. And you're, you're wondering, what, why did we start at eight o'clock? So, <laughs> so. All right, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on. Um, we are, this is, of course, the only time they're going to meet in football, but we got some basketball meetings coming up. So we'll get together when we get into basketball season. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Brad. I guess there's always a chance they could be in the Big Ten championship game at the end of the year, right? I guess they could have a rematch. Uh, possibly, but I'm not holding my breath. No, no, definitely not. All right, man. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, Surge for 30. Um, excited to have this game on Friday night, though. Uh, should be a fun crowd, of course. You know, 30 for 30, we're always talking about the basketball visitors. And Illinois has a great group of basketball visitors coming in this weekend. So uh, stay tuned uh, on IlliniGuys.com, and you can uh, find out all about that, too. Scott Green, Terrapin Nation, I appreciate you coming on. 30 for 30. All right. Thanks, thanks Brad.